Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm now, super excited to be here too. <laughs> I hope I see yeah. you in other places. I hope you join the brood at XPW at some point. You know, that'll be really cool. Hey, there's been there's been rumblings. I might I might show up there. I know uh, Masada is a, like a brother to me, and he's brought up having me trying to talk to the powers that be to see if he can get me there. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Like, you never know. Um, This thing has given me so many issues today. Yeah, so you never know how these things end up in wrestling. I mean, I didn't come back to this like years later. Now, speaking of which, what drew you to CZW? That's like a very odd place for a young girl to start (laughs) wrestling. Like, did you know what it was before? It was a deathmatch company. Um, I, no, I was, I had no idea, uh, to be honest. Um, so my story getting into wrestling was pretty kind of, I just fell into it. Pardon me. Um, so I just kind of fell into it. I had actually moved, um, from Seattle to Philadelphia to go to school for dance. Um, I was going for dance education, um, at the University of the Arts and I got a job working at a haunted house that happened to be right behind the ECW arena. I had no idea. Um, And I had always been kind of intrigued and drawn to wrestling when I was a kid. But when I was younger, um, growing up in the 90s, it was the Attitude Era. And so my mom was like, absolutely not. You're not watching this. So it was like that um, elusive, forbidden thing that I always liked, but was never really able to get into. Um, So then fast forward to me going to college, working behind the ECW arena, Um, and meeting people that were from Philly, uh, and they invited me to go to a show at the, um, and I had no idea, but I was like, sure, I'll go. Um, and I, am pretty sure it was a CZW show. And, um, my friend who I'm still good friends with to this day, her name's Melissa, who took me to the show is one of those people that just knows everybody. And so I ended up in a conversation with Drew Gulak who um, then was like, well, if you really think you want to do this, here's how. And I ended up at the CZW Wrestling Academy with absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. And the first ever cage of death that I was there for was Danny Havoc versus Sammy Callahan, which if you've ever seen that one, it's fucking insane. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but what that's, I mean, were were you wrestling or you were just a manager at that point? No, I would, God, no. I, so I had just started training that September. So it was September, 2009. So I was three months into training. (laughs) Um, And so I was like up in one of the balconies in the arena sitting and watching this just utter insanity happen. It's so um, but it didn't scare me away. So <laughs> no, no, it didn't scare you away because now you, you want to, you know, you'd like to work for XPW. So I don't think it really scared you that much. No, um, not at all. <laughs> it's crazy because just being there in the middle of the blood, 
I had someone's yeah. flesh on my fishnets, like one of the shows. I, was, I think it was, yeah, Schlack's flesh was on my fishnets. When he threw me over the barbed wire, um, the ring apron, that's, uh, I think that's when the flesh got on my stockings. So you don't yeah. know whose blood is on you at the end of the ring, at the end of the day. You don't know who, you have glass in your hair and stuff like that. I don't know if it was that brutal back then, but do you see a huge difference now to where deathmatch wrestling has progressed somewhere um I definitely I I mean I've seen it was brutal back then like I remember like JC Bailey like god rest his soul like having a syringe stuck into the bottom of his foot but I mean I know there's syringes going in other places now too and like, so like it just I feel like it's just it's always just like I have such an appreciation for deathmatch wrestling because I grew up around like not grew up around it but wrestling grew up around it and um so like just I I love seeing where it's progressed to and I love seeing my brothers perform and do what they're so good at because there's such a subtlety to deathmatch wrestling that people don't realize um that and they don't appreciate and so I love watching all of that too and then not even getting into the sacrifices that these people put themselves through just for you to cheer them on and love them or hate them and want to kill them like it, it's it's really an impressive art form in my opinion and I've I've dabbled a little bit I've had I've had some curtains come down in my own wrestling career I've bled in the ring um I've licked some blood off some people's foreheads but it's uh it's it's an art form of its own and I, I really love it <laughs> yeah it's um Yeah, with all the death, I've never seen girls do deathmatch wrestling. Like in Japan, like years ago, it's one thing, like they're getting hit with chairs. You don't see as much gigging and blading as you do now, or them right. getting cut open the hard way, which is not the way you really want to be doing this. Now, at the beginning of your career, when you started at, I would say, was it WWE? Was that the first stuff we did, then NXT? Um, well, so that was a lot later on. Like yeah. I, uh, WWE, I was there, it was 20, 2017, so we're going yeah, on six yeah. years ago, was when I was there, um, so it was kind of middle of my career, and um, it was an experience, uh, I, I certainly got a chance to learn from some great people while I was there, um, you know, like, Robbie Brookside was my main coach most of the time, Norman Smiley was fantastic, um, it, it so like uh, just a lot of uh, great learning experiences. Being in the May Young Classic was awesome. Um, I only ever did NXT. I'd never progressed up to main roster, um, but um, I wouldn't trade the experience for the world, but I'm not necessarily upset that I'm not there anymore either. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, so. <laughs> They're going through so many different changes there now like merging with UFC, which I think is kind of, uh, I get that it's like kind of the same demographic to a degree, you know, but to me, I just think it's a big mistake. Um, yeah, I agree. I think wrestling yeah. is its own thing and we're, we're not, we're not a combat sport. We're not, we're, we're, yes, it, it, it is a very physical, but I have always leaned towards it being more and maybe it's because I grew up a dancer, but I've always leaned towards it being more of an art form. Um, in my head, that's how I look at it. And it's, I think 
in some senses, it's more difficult than a combat sport because a combat sport is straightforward. You have one goal and it's to beat the person across the ring from you and, or but in like physically in a fight. And like with wrestling, you have to convince everybody around you that you're having a fight and there's a whole storyline attached to it too, which kind of is there in UFC, but not to the same degree. And so I, I think, think like the promo aspect and the character aspect that we have to bring into it too and being able to still make you think that like everything is to the extreme of how bad it could be and the stunt like uh aspects behind it i don't know i think i think in our own way it's almost harder it's a lot less straightforward than a fight that's for sure I used to watch a lot of WWE like as a kid growing up and then during the Attitude Era when it was really cool. And I thought back then, <laughs> like you want to see people that are cooler than you or who look cooler than you. Never mind, I'll take that back. Who seem right. like could be cooler than you, but they're not really. <laughs> um, so, and, and you want to see people look like stars. Do you think that a lot of the commercial wrestling companies are now lacking that these days? you know, having stars, because when I look at these guys, some of them look like a shrub from a coffee shop in like Silver Lake or something, or like they just left the gym with their man bun. I, I just, I yeah. <laughs> it's true, right? Um, no, I, I, I definitely agree. I think there's, um, and not to say that, like, I don't think there is room for different shapes, sizes, but at the same time, I feel like if your size is smaller, then your personality has to be that much bigger to compensate for it. And I feel like that's what's lacking with some of these people is they don't, it doesn't transfer over on the other side. They aren't, because I know like, I don't know, one of the ones that like, I've just always loved him and maybe it's because I also know him personally, but Orange Cassidy is one of the most ridiculous gimmicks in wrestling, period. But I fucking love it. And he's not a big guy, he's small, but like just the stupid, like subtle things he does personality-wise, which is like a weird lack of personality if you really think about it. But in like, just the fact that like, he'll not do so much that when he suddenly does something like a tope out of the ring with no hands and like it lands perfectly and just it's the most nonchalant like he made it look like I could go do that and I know how hard that is to do like it's and it's like that's crazy I don't know I love that and like that but he's not a big dude but he's a really big character so I feel like that's what's lacking sometimes yeah, I um I agree with you on that. And I think that we're also missing the whole like era where we had like more promos and you had a manager because say there's a few people who aren't that great on the microphone, but they can do uh they you know they can wrestle their ass off in the ring. They can bleed mm -hmm. to like whenever till hell freezes over. Um, but the promos aren't there. And then with promos, it's just I feel like when I watch them sometimes, it just seems like there's like a lack of commitment mm -hmm. and just staying in the work. Like once you're there, just stay there, no matter how crazy and over the top you may sound or you might really be, um, you just <laughs> stay there, stay with it and keep going. And like Schlack, who works with us, is he's a great cartoon character. I love his stuff. Right. When I see these things, I still peep in now and again to WWE, AEW. It's like, it's all this it's all the same thing. And I just, yeah, I, can't, it, like, I don't watch it as much, which is really sad, you know. To be perfectly honest, I don't watch 
much wrestling at all anymore. It can't, it just, it, it takes a lot to get me to really, my attention held in. And you're right. It does kind of feel like it's all the same thing all the time anymore. And so it, it, it I don't watch much to be honest. Um, I do watch XPW though. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. I noticed there are some kids in my improv class. I'm at a conservatory now that watch it. And there was a complaint to the school that I'm a white supremacist. So um, oh, yeah, it's just like, <laughs> come on. I mean, even if I really stand by everything I said, which I probably do, I mean, who gives a shit? Like I go in there and I don't bring that in there, but it's just like, people have their ideas about you. Mm-hmm. Which is no, they absolutely care. do. It's and like, regardless of what anybody's like, opinion is on certain things like it it doesn't give us a reason to like bring hate in general is how I feel about everything oh yeah 100 percent. and like we're playing characters dude like calm down (laughs) calm down you're supposed to have a suspension of disbelief like (laughs) it's part of it surprise you really would but Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you were taking dance before or that's what mm-hmm. you wanted to do. What was it? Was it ballet, modern dance, tap? Um, I started out actual? ballet. I did ballet okay. from age two to 21, <laughs> like re- religiously, basically is the way to put it. Um, I was in a pre-professional company when I was in high school. So I've done like your Swan Lake, Nutcracker, Giselle, Capella, Cinderella, all of them. I've done all the classical ballets. Um, I've... It, that was what I thought I was going to be was a ballerina and then um, puberty hit and my feet aren't very good for ballet and point work and so when I got to college my teachers were kind of like mm, it's probably not going to happen so I started to lean towards the education side of things um, and I got my um, teaching degree in dance but while I was in college was when I started training for wrestling um, and then that took over my whole life and now I'm I'm saying, one thing I always looked into, which most people probably don't know this about me, is um, dance and movement therapy. It's similar to like music therapy, which more people are familiar with and have heard of, but using movement as that. Um, And so that's something I've thought about um, starting to look into, um, branching into, just because movement is something that I find can be such a therapeutic release for people. And a lot of people don't even realize it because they're too scared to just move. And you don't have to be a trained anything to just move. And so I want to try and get into that some more. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw all of your links. I went on your OnlyFans for a hot second. I didn't subscribe or anything. <laughs> um, but I just, uh, so you have the tarot cards that you do, tarot card readings. Now that uh, I kind do. Of you do. <laughs> I you do. You do your own. Do you read your um, own? I do. I pull, I pull cards for myself all the time. That's kind of how I started. Um, Tarot something I've kind of hidden or dabbled in from like a really young age. Um, but I've always felt like, so I think there's a misconception about tarot. And when people hear it, they go, oh my gosh, witchcraft, like devil. It's not. If you really break it down, all it is, is if you believe that things happen for a reason, then there's a reason the card flips over. That's it. And if you believe, you can believe whatever it is you want is the reason that card is flipping over. So I have uh, have met many Christian tarot card readers that they believe that it's just God showing, it, it's them using a tool to see what God's trying to tell them is how they look at it. Um, just like some people, if that's, 
I've heard some people who just will get messages from God and they don't have to use a tool. Me, I don't like putting a name on it. I just call it spirit or mother earth, whatever you want. Um, and so I just feel like it's my tool and I've always been on the more sensitive side. And just as I flip a card, whatever pops into my head based on what that image is, I kind of tell it to you at that time. And the people I've done it for have been like, whoa, that's a little creepy. So <laughs> um, if you're interested, I do offer tarot cards and you can click the link in any of my social media bios to get there. <laughs> that stuff, kind of, it doesn't creep me out in a bad way, but I once met a girl, uh, she was friends with a friend and she said she was a psychic intuitive, right? So then this mm -hmm. is the best part. She didn't know anything about my boyfriend at the time or we were exes. But when she spoke to me, she's like, wait a second. I just see like a lot of papers around him and some incident with him and another guy by the waters front. Are the police looking for him? I'm like, what this girl is, she she's talking about. She's crazy. A few months go by and a close friend of mine who was living in Norway, because I, I was back and forth between the States. Hey, you know that uh, Ivan, that was my ex's name, you know, Ivan killed the guy. I'm like, what? So huh. she like, I'm like, you're, I said, you're really creepy. I said, I can't do this. I just can't do this. Then eventually when you build up relationships with your psychic, it's like, I think that they become too comfortable in like reading stuff for you or like they get into everyone else. It's like somehow just trickles over somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you do psychic? Yeah, I think it can. Yeah. Um, I think, cause like, I feel like I get a very different reading. Like if I do one for myself versus like if somebody else does one for me, I think all of us, our intuition is a little different. Everybody's going to see things from a little bit of a different perspective. So we kind of have something else to offer. So, um, and I, I do think if, um, you're a little too like biased, I guess, by a feeling you might have, um, towards somebody or someone in there can definitely affect your reading and how you're going to see it. So yeah, if you become super close friends, there might be some bias that plays into it. <laughs> That's very smart. I mean, I wouldn't, I just, I, I stopped going to her for readings, by the way, actually, I just stopped getting readings completely. I'm just like, I'll just yeah. go with it and see what happens and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> is there someone that you've not had a match with that you've always wanted to work with? Oh, um, who's out there? <laughs> Let me think for a minute. Uh, oh, I know who I'll say. Casey Cattell. She is a newer, but she's does a lot of deathmatch stuff. And she's like totally rose up and like come into her own in the last couple of years. And I definitely want to have a deathmatch with her. So that's the one I will what say. Would be <laughs> Well, what would be your ultimate weapon in a death match? If you had to create a couple that you'd really want to use? Um, I always am going to say crowbar because that's what Daphne used and she was one of my best friends. Um, so I'll use a crowbar for Daph. Um, and then uh, a barbed wire bat like Negan from Walking Dead. <laughs> you know, fans bring those a lot to shows. And they I do. Would never, <laughs> yeah, I would never like... In ECW, they would have the security looking at everything, but I would never use something a fan has ringside. Because what if it's, it's like has piss on it or something, or they dipped it in something? I don't yeah, want to have I mean, that on my conscience. Maybe that's me just being extreme and like crazy or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's they could. I would hope 
I like to think people would have a little bit, like you're already making something for us to impale ourselves with. Like, I would hope they would leave it at that. But I mean, crazier things have happened. So yeah, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just can't believe like how far deathmatch wrestling has gone for females, you know? Oh yeah. Females are killing it now. Killing it. Yeah. They really like literally they are. Where do you think yeah. deathmatch wrestling will go from here? Like there's only so much you can do, you know? Um, I think it's just, I mean, it's at such a level now. Like I I honestly don't know, but I've said that before, and then they figure out a way to top it. So who fucking knows, really? <laughs> it's so hard to tell because then you look at all the matches in Japan. Um and other matches mm-hmm. here, like exploding this, exploding that. And then we have this like King of the Death match next weekend or this. Oh, it's this week. Oh, it's this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Duh. I mean, you just wonder like what more could these people do? And I have this theory about people that watch wrestling, like death matches specifically, and I'm not judging them, but these very lovely people that come to the shows and love <laughs> as much blood as possible. I wonder if they somehow have some sort of hatred towards themselves or some kind of fear that's in there but they're too afraid to go out there and do it themselves or they just like seeing people like get beat up for some reason like what's your take on this um I mean I don't know like it's I I attune it to the same as like people who love gory horror movies like it's just there's something morbidly fascinating I think to us about like humans in general we're morbidly fascinated with death and that's why like holy shit look at this like extreme that somebody's going to and they're they're still fine like fine but you know and like it uh it it definitely takes a certain type of fucked up to be into death matches but um then from the flip side there's people like me that like what kind of fucked up did we have to go through to want to do it? <laughs> you know, I always wonder about that. Like, what kind of fucked up have we been through? Like, I don't do, I, I don't do the matches. I could wrestle a wrestle like a normal thing. Yeah. Match, but because of my size, I'm, I, I prefer being a manager. Plus at my mm-hmm. size and age, I don't want to get messed up in that show too much. But, um, but like with the girls, like I'm there seeing it firsthand, right? Then you stand in their ringside. You're right. We're all screwed up. Was I could sit there and just deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know what the psyches is behind it, but you seem to be more um, in touch with things like this. Plus you do yoga, right? Yes. You do like yoga. Yeah. How did you get into all of this wellness and holistic? And the, on the other side of the spectrum, there is deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's for a long time kind of been a part of my life just with being in dance. Like I, that's kind of what led me to yoga because I needed something for like deep stretch recovery and um I also use it for wrestling um and then (laughs) pardon me I know I mentioned um mental health earlier but um uh it's something I've been open about is I am bipolar it's something I've struggled with for a long time um and so I don't personally like to have to take a bunch of medications like I'm not saying that it's something that doesn't help from time to time and it's not something that like people don't need like absolutely some people do need it but I've always tried to look for 
alternative methods to take care of my mental health as well, such as yoga, meditation, journaling, um, and like really prior, at least the last couple of years of my life, really finding time to prioritize those things, because I'm sure like you've seen it too. We've lost so many people like Danny Havoc, like I started, like I started at CZW. He was one of the first people there, like remembering conversations I've had with him. Like Daphne was one of my best friends. Like I've got her tattooed on my arm, like, and just losing all these people because of mental health. Like I, I it's just made me even more so like focusing on that being important. And then with everything I've gone through, trauma, all that, I just want to be able to show people how I've survived. And that's kind of why I'm starting to make more posts about it and kind of not be so, um, I guess, um, reserved about um, what I do for my mental health and stuff in my personal time. Yeah, I saw your post and you don't, so most people that do those types of like mental health posts, they just seem like, just, and you don't come across as this at all. This is why I know it's very genuine and like heartfelt and real. Sometimes it just seems like they're trying to hop on, oh, well, this is like a cool thing to be now, is this or that? And they just go that direction, you know? And it's every other single post, this, this, this. But yeah, they're like one tear away from a freaking breakdown. But mm -hmm. you have it together. Like you really have it together. And I think during the pandemic, it made things worse for us. Yeah, no, it yeah. absolutely did. And I think part of it is because I absolutely did not have it together for a long time. And I'm open about that. Like I struggled with alcoholism for a long time and it's it like it fucking sucked. And I was crazy at certain points, but that's okay. I figured it out. I'm sober. It's cool. Like we all struggle, but we all have the ability to get better and heal and become a better person and learn from their mistakes and we also should be a little bit more forgiving to people too and if they do learn from their mistakes let them fucking learn <laughs> and like let them come back I feel like sometimes people just get slaughtered <laughs> by the internet and it's 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 not fair if if somebody learns their lesson and figures it out like they should have a chance for redemption it's not for us to judge them if it that's that's for whatever's out there to do you know that's a very um strong statement because i stand by that a lot because anyone could sit here and do this right and just be mm -hmm. a warrior and say whatever they want to about such and such person you don't know how it's affecting their life you know and you don't know if like your little whatever it is, your little jealous rage or your little, you know, bitter thing or whatever it is, it's going to screw up their lives like for good. You know what I mean? It's just a really, um, it's a really sad thing. And it's a sad state when that happens. And I would agree with you. The worst part of this business is getting close to people. I was very close to Big Dick Dudley and then Public Enemy, those guys. And it's just really, yeah. it just takes something from you when they go, I know that sounds really, it sounds a bit off, but that's how I feel is it just takes them yeah. somehow. It does. It does. It, it's, it's like losing family members and I, I'm, I'm fucking sick of it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm totally with you on that. Um, I, I see that you have an OnlyFans. 
Now, I don't like, I know a lot of pearls. Are, when did you start your OnlyFans? And was it because um, of the pandemic? Like, how did you? No, oh. I actually just started it in Thanksgiving. Really? So I haven't had it for very long. Okay. Um, but it's so I wasn't able to have one because of past relationships. They weren't comfortable with it. So that was just something agreed upon. But now I'm not in those relationships anymore. <laughs> so um, it was something like, I, I kind of wanted to do for myself just to get my own confidence back up. And um, I like lingerie modeling, it's fun for me. And so um, that's why I wanted to make a place where if people want to see me in my underwear, you can go see me in my underwear. Um, and I do things like um, tonight, actually at nine o'clock, I'm going to be doing um, a segment I do on there, the lingerie library, where I read a chapter. We're reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone right now. So I read I read books and lingerie. People love it. <laughs> Wait, you're not doing this for free, right? I, I hope you're charging. Hell no. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. Wait a second. No, no. This sounds No, cool. no, 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 no. Not free. <laughs> do they send you lingerie free. to wear? Do these guys send you like really cute outfits to wear for lingerie hour? Um, some have. Uh I, like I offer custom content, like um, and it's the only place I'll answer any DMs. Like I don't answer anybody anywhere else, um, unless I know you, like I answered you. But um uh so if I don't know you, I'm not going to answer you on my regular social media. If you join my, join my OnlyFans, I'll answer you within 24 hours, always. Um, and I do a lot of customs on there. Um, uh, to an extent, I'm fetish friendly. Um, it just it just depends. So just come ask, hang out. I'm an open book. You're not going to offend me. Trust me. <laughs> well, what is the weirdest request that you've gotten on there? Oh God. Whether you feel um, it or not is another story, but I just because I hear all kinds of stories on. Um, I mean, I get a lot of people who like to each their own, and by all means, they really like like pass out fetish stuff. Like they want to see me like drool all over myself and pass out. That's the one I get the most often. <laughs> so just drool on yourself, go and they're just yeah, okay. I you know, I should you know, I would do that. I'll totally yeah, do that. Like, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I wonder why people like, that's kind of almost like a borderline uh, necrophiliac, I think. A little like, bit. Guys, like, yeah. A little bit. Um, yeah. And then like very odd, like, cause I run, I run a lot. I just ran 10 miles yesterday for charity and I, anyway, but anytime I do that, somebody buys those socks. So, <laughs> you know, there's always a, uh, Yeah, there's always a market for everyone. You know, there's like, someone once told me every ass has a seat. So there's something out there. And I just be afraid, like when you're on there, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who these people are personally? You, like you ever get a bit reluctant that, hey, maybe it's someone else in the wrestling world that's talking to me on here, like a fellow coworker. Um, <laughs> It could be, but like at the same time, anything I've put on there, like- it's I'm not I'm not ashamed of I'm not ashamed of my sexuality as a woman I it, it and it is what it is like you can try and judge me on it if you want to um good luck and if you're on there and you're a co-worker you're paying me to be on there so thanks for the money <laughs> that would be so <laughs> creepy because I have an OnlyFans but I just post photos on there like mostly lingerie um that I've never put out before 
And then I have some nudes that I charge for that I've never released before, but I just own the rights to it. So I'd much rather put them out there and make the money off of it instead of anyone. And there was this, there was a very high suspicion like about three weeks ago with one specific person that kept messaging me and messaging me. I'm like, wait a second, is that? Nah, I don't think so. But yeah, it just, it, it kind of made me feel really uncomfortable and like creeped out by the whole situation. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I mean, for the most part, anybody who's interacted with me on there has been really respectful. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, but I'm quick to be like, if, if you like, you can ask me like, Hey, would you do this? If I say, no, that's outside of my comfort zone. My only requirement is that you end the fucking conversation there. If you don't, then we're going to have a problem and I'm going to block you. Like, it, you know, like. <laughs> now, how does your family feel about your career with wrestling? And did they ever go see you do an actual death match? Oh God, no. My mom, <laughs> like, um, at first my mom was super pissed at me. <laughs> um, but then when she saw me start to get opportunities, like to go overseas to Japan, or when I did Tourers of Europe and the WWE opportunities, things like that, then she started to embrace it was like, okay, this is actually a really cool thing that my daughter figured out how to do. And so she loves that. Um, but she will never watch a, watch a death match. She hates it. Uh, if there's any, any, ever any of that coming on, I usually go, mom, don't look at my social media for a couple of days. <laughs> like, but she's on your social media. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, I We're close. She knows about everything. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I would never tell my mom about the deathmatch wrestling. She did come to some ECW pay-per-views, but I don't think she's going to be watching um, XPW anytime soon. Yeah, no. Yeah. My mom, she knows it exists. She knows I, I participate, She, but she's like, oh, I don't I don't understand why you like that stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to understand. <laughs> what do you think one of the biggest challenges is, challenges would be for a woman in deathmatch wrestling in general? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is, has been like for any women's wrestling in general is just being taken seriously. Um, I, yes, like, um, I, I, yes, the beauty and the look and that has to be part of it too. Absolutely. It is for men. Also, there's a certain look and physique and whatever that we have to maintain. We are professional athletes, but I feel like for a long time, it took women had to overcome like this stigma that like we're just a pair of tits and ass and like we're not though like yeah we've got tits and ass and that's really cool but then watch this tits and ass do something really badass too like um and so just overcoming that stigma and like um we've got like like Casey Catal is one or um Charlie Evans is another girl that I think of that like they're fucking gorgeous doing these death matches like I feel like they help break past the stigma that like you're gonna end up this scarred ugly gnarled looking thing if you do it nah bro like they're hot like <laughs> you know mm -hmm. it, it's just um I think a lot of different women are breaking down different stigmas right now and it's cool to see yeah, last year we had Beautiful Disaster as a pay-per-view. All the mm -hmm. girls in the death matches were really pretty. Camille was on there, uh, Latimer's yeah. wife, and a few other girls that I've just kind of like seen along the way, you know, at other shows here and there. So what's your ultimate goal now? Because you've, you know, you've, you've been around this long enough. What's the ultimate goal? Like the end goal or the near uh, future goal? 
Um, so, I mean, recently, right now, it's just trying to kind of get back into things. You know, um, I had a lot going on for me um, that I really just needed to kind of take a step back with, because like I said, mental health is important. So I did, and I haven't been wrestling as regularly as I had been for a while, but um, my body's had time to heal up, and um, so has my mental health, and um, now I'm just really starting to try and come back, and um, I just want to see what, like, one more push can bring me, um, because I'm in my 30s now, and I want to, I've certainly not done, I've got some more bumps left in me, but the bumping part of my career is going to come to an end sooner rather than later. I'm on the end. I'm on the end stretch because my body's not going to do this forever. And I would like to do something in wrestling long-term. I know I would like to um, train more um, being that dance teaching was something I did. I love teaching people. And so that would be something I'm interested in. And then like, I don't know, I feel like I'm good at talking. So even like commentary starting to been into those kind of um avenues the the places that you can get used when you can't do the physical stuff so much anymore so <laughs> that's a very uh, good way of looking at it I, I could see you doing color commentary I could even oh, yeah. see you doing <laughs> ring or like ring announcing no, no no color commentary or even doing like backstage interviews stuff like that but I think it's in your blood it's not you're not going to leave this business at all I mean this came back into my lap like 20 24 god yeah years later it just fell back into my lap and you know I was just very fortunate but you know when that time comes to get pushed off to do something else I would definitely want to do like interviews um because that's so much fun and I like working with people I work with a lot of actors all the time just being an improv troops and stuff so it's fun like seeing people mm -hmm. do stuff like helping them to even help create promos because like we said before it's like this whole thing with promos they're just missing and it takes away from the personality of like what it mm -hmm. is. Absolutely. I think. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we get to, uh, to work together. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we could, you could never have like too many girls um, in the business. Do you ever have any type of regrets with anywhere that you've been? And I think I already know the answer to it, but with any of the leagues that you worked out between impact WWE well, NXT. Um, I don't, I don't like to have regrets with anything in life. So I'm going to say no. Um, I don't have any regrets. I've learned something from every experience that I've been through in my life, whether it be good or bad, there was a lesson there. Um, so no, I do not regret any of my time. It has made me who I am right now. <laughs> and what do you do in your Spare time besides like probably workout, dance, do yoga. Like, what else do you do? Um, what hobby you have that's different, or just we wouldn't expect you to have. Um. Oh, unexpected hobbies. I am like crazy into those like diamond paintings right now. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the ads yeah. for those, but where you place like thousands of little gems I've been working on one of those so I guess that's my weird little hobby that I do and um I also have a vegetable and herb garden so I do things like that but um <laughs> oh okay that's good I'm coming over <laughs> to get my veggies <laughs> sounds yes, like a yes, fun <laughs> so I assume you probably cook at home then sometimes yes most of the time um I've been vegan for the last five oh god how long now 
Five years. I've been vegan for the last five years now. Um, so it just is easier to cook at home for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll send so many people who go vegan. I tried it like briefly, like I just flipped back and forth with it, but clearly you, mm -hmm. I mean, you have very nice skin and you look like you're, um, you're glowing. So <laughs> it's you. a good look to have. So if people want to find you, where can they find you? And I will be posting your links as well. Where can people find you for all of your, um, let's say your, um, mental health and uh other curricular act other activities um yes so all my social media is the same i've got uh instagram uh twitter tiktok um those are all my public ones and you can find me at kimber underscore lee lee -E nine zero um twitter and instagram both have the blue check mark tiktok we're working on that so but they all have the same handle so if it's not that handle, it's not me. <laughs> it's good to know. And what yeah. kind of message do you have for fans today? Um, I just want to say thank you for supporting me over the last almost 15 years of my life, watching me grow up. Um, and thank you for all the continued support. <laughs> yeah, that's very nice and very simple. It wasn't too detailed and it wasn't giving away like bad advice. Some people give really bad advice to fans. <laughs> Thank right. you so much for joining me. I want you to do your show tonight and have fun. And uh, it's a very creative thing, reading reading Harry Potter and lingerie. I think I'm going to do that with Shakespeare and like lingerie and do Shakespeare. Do it. Yeah. I get voices going for all the characters and everything. It's a, it's a thing. British accent. Yes, that sounds like a great idea. I'm, I'm going to Thank you so much for joining me. And yes, thank you for having me. All means, yeah. Take care. Are you enjoying the ride on my crazy train? Woo! Please make sure to rate and review Crazy Train Podcast. Take a screenshot, send it to me in a DM via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I will send you a free goodie bag. Oh, and Crazy Train Podcast is now on YouTube. So subscribe, Crazy Train Podcast, that's with a K, on YouTube for video interviews and never heard before interviews and some really cool bonus content. Woo!